Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the Hot Block Commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show and keep the brain running with the premise to talk sports on a national level? Both with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. Good War Room family, you're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Dev McMillan, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my brother from another mother, who consequently I've literally known for exactly, and I did the math on this earlier today because I don't be having nothing to do, 86.046% of my life. Jim, you know, you know, you know, you know. For eighty six point oh four six percent of I I actually would have thought it came out to be more than that, but yeah. It it, it will be once we get a little older. But yeah, I did the math on that, man. So look, man, <laughs> my my brother Jimmy the Blueprint, like I said, is here at the table with me, man. B Austin is off. Um um spreading love and I think taking boxes of PPE down to people in other states. He's doing his hero thing right now, so we'll talk to him next week. Uh, we're in week number 20 of no sports due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but wait, there are actually some hints of life because the NBA, you know, there's been some scrimmage action in the NBA bubble, and we're going to discuss the bubble life um, a little bit more. I know we talked about some of that last week, but this is so fascinating to us. <laughs> um, we got to talk more about it. Uh, so make sure you guys sit back, relax. If you want to get in on the NBA bubble talk with us, sign in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. Uh, look, like we tell you every week, man, when we're not on the air uh, during the week. If you want to hear us, you want to see what we talked about last week if you didn't catch the show or nine weeks ago, you can do that. Just go to warroomsports.com. You can also check us out on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, right here on Blog Talk Radio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to to, to podcasts, we're, we're most likely to be there, man. So y'all do that. And make sure while we're on the air tonight that you also hit us on that Digital Extreme Tech hotline. That's 323-410-0012. But, but Jim, what up, bro? Like, I, I know you heard about the whole situation between um, Quick and Vera. AKA Tory and Megan, Tory Lanes and Megan the Stallion. What's what's up with that? What's the deal? Yo, man, I don't know, man. Hashtag Chatty Patty. I have no idea, but <laughs> like, you know, I, I can't see like shooting a woman. Like, what's what? right. Yo, how do you how do you pull a gun out and shoot a woman? But <laughs> you said that like you can see shooting a dude. I'll bang it. Yeah, yeah. Man, I don't put a cap on your ass. I like, can't shoot a chick. Yeah, but yo. I think it's. I mean, if I, I have to, I, you know, if I have to, have to, I'd put some hot. Yeah, lead of in course, you got to tell your family and your life. I get that. Yeah. My thing is like, I saw an article today that said it was in self-defense. Like, I'm like, so she must have been pummeling his ass or something. Like, that's that's if that's your argument, but I well, don't know, man. She it's is the stallion. Yeah. She is the stallion. Yo, Hollywood <laughs> weird. Hollywood First weird. First of all, man. like, 
Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. Um, first of all, stallion is a male horse, so y'all need to correct that. Um, <laughs> secondly, more on the chatty patty front, because I don't you know the, the backstory behind this. Like, were they dealing with each other? Were they banging with each other? Uh, pun intended. And I believe, I mean, that's the word they were smashing. But I mean, I know she was always in his IG live, and like, I'm like, I know everybody quarantining, so why are you always in his IG live? So y'all must be like, you know, making right, making right. um, you know, making the love. But at the same time, man. <laughs> Yo, Hollywood is just weird. Be like, it's like every time you hear a story, someone getting their house invaded or robbed, or this person shooting right. that person. Like, I don't know what goes on out there, man. It must be the drugs they into. Now we're here shooting people in their pinky toe. All right, man. Whatever. <laughs> that is weird, man. I don't understand what could have possibly been happening in that car that he needed to pull out the Roscoe and bang at her foot, but it happened. And that's what it is. So we're going to get into some hot topics, which are brought to you by my bookie, War Room Family. When sports finally return, which we've been saying for the past 20 weeks, but next week it will be returning in the NBA bubble. You guys can make a lot of money sports betting at my bookie. If you still haven't checked out my bookie, go and get your account up and running now. So when they tip off in the bubble, you can, you can lay down some money and win some money by betting on those NBA games and joining us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You guys are tired of getting excuses when it's time to collect on your bets, or at least you were tired of getting excuses back when sports were a thing. That's why we urge you to, to give my bookie a try. You win, they pay fast, no hassle, and you're basically wasting your time sports betting anywhere else. So look, they even have in-game live betting so you can place wages after the game start. So you know, I'm not trying to be funny, but, you know, the players are going to be getting tested before these games. So if you get that news that your favorite player is going to be on the bench because his test didn't come out right or he got to stay in his room for 14 more days, you can change your bet up real quick. So uh, that's a good thing. So join now. My bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play win and get paid, because that's all there is to it. All right, man, this NBA bubble life, Jim, man, it's, it's, it's been fascinating. Just like I said, we had to talk about this some more, because actually the NBA bubble is really the only show going on right now. You know, they're the only yeah. ones who, well, not the only show, because MLB, um, they've played uh, some games as well, but it's it's just not as interesting as this whole basketball thing. I was actually watching Yo. a baseball game the other day with no fans in the stands. That's just weird, man. I yeah, mean, it's going to be weird for every sport. Which makes it hilarious. Yeah. They put the, the cardboard fans in the jaw, which makes it even more hilarious. Like, yo, what are y'all doing? <laughs> and, they're, and they're pumping the noise. So I see somebody get a hit out past second base, and I hear the crowd cheering. I'm like, yo. So how much are they paying <laughs> to do? Because it's, it's not just a regular dude who plays the, the tunes and the organ and all of that kind of stuff. You got to get a little bit more money if every time something happens, you got to quickly find the reaction to that. Home team yeah. strike out, you know, you got to hit the, oh. <laughs> you know, it's, kind of, it's crazy. So the NBA bubble has been crazy, especially because it's being documented by several players. Um, JaVale McGee, uh, Matisse Thibel from the 76ers, I think those are the most popular two. 
because they're running around with real cameras and they're editing up everything mm-hmm. that they do. The other dudes, they just going live pretty much <laughs> with their cell with yeah. their cell phones and you know just talking live. Like there was a very boring thirty minute uh, Austin Rivers video out there. But the crazy part about his video is that you saw some footage from the other perspective that you saw in one of Matisse Stiebel's very well-edited videos. Um, did you see the episode of Matisse's joint when uh, he, Kylo Quinn, and uh, to- Tobias Harris got stuck out on the boat? Yeah, yeah. So I was watching Austin Rivers, and he was standing at the little railing by the water, and he was talking to them as they were as they were riding off. Like you heard them say, we're on our way to Miami. <laughs> but okay. he walked off, so I guess he didn't get the footage of them stalling in, in the middle of the water. So Matisse Thibel has actually become like a big star, not because of his game. I'm not saying he doesn't have any, but he's been making the rounds this past week because everybody is loving the stuff that he's putting on YouTube. I saw him on Good Morning America. Um, he did yeah. an interview with the New York Times, the LA Times. Like, What do you think about this? Because I know you have said more than anybody I know, that the NBA could have capitalized off of this whole bubble situation with putting together their own little reality show. Look like they kind of dropped to me, this is, to me, this is like a, it's a slam dunk. This is such a missed opportunity because, to me, it's common sense. We live in a world now that's all about content, right? And it's funny because, and I know I'm getting to a point, uh, ladies and gentlemen listening, I remember years ago when um. Sirius and XM were trying to merge, mm-hmm. and they were the only satellite companies that were around, satellite radio. And people were trying to argue against it because they were the only two big ones. And the argument that they made that actually won, which is now why Sirius XM was, our world is moving to a space where it's just content. It's not radio. It's not TV. It's not sports. It's just content, 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 content. The point where <clears> – <throat> People just pick content to one. Like, and they actually made the argument that moving in the future, like sports won't be as popular unless it's a compelling content. We're moving right. into a world where content is king, and it's just about what content do you have, and can your content get people to watch? And I remember hearing that, and now I'm actually seeing that come to fruition. And I'm like, yo, this is, a, this is content. You could have put this on NBA TV. People don't care that it's not necessarily sports, but it's amazing content. We're right now in a climate where we're all missing sports. Even, you know, those that aren't the biggest sports fans need something to watch. People are quarantined, and you get to see your favorite athlete kind of like on a reality show. I was like, this is a no-brainer. And shout out to him because we're about to see somebody leave the NBA to go full-time on YouTube. Watch. Um, I know, right? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. People, people are like, <laughs> people don't understand what the future is, so they like, they get shocked when cats be like, "Yo, I want to play video games or be a YouTube star," but those are real things in 2020. We're about to see like a cat son. walk away from the NBA to do YouTube. <laughs> my son about to walk away yeah. from elementary school to do YouTube. Um, watch, yo, it's gonna be yo. People laugh in the future. Watch, cats gonna be like, yo, I want to be a lawyer, and people are like a lawyer, man, you better go to YouTube. Don't, don't lawyers make money? You better go to YouTube. It's the whole world. They're gonna, gonna be having a. They're gonna be having a Mikey Williams press conference. Like I'm taking my talents to YouTube. Yeah, to I'm Twitch, not, no like, longer Twitch pursuing YouTube, my basketball. They're about to be. Listen, because here's the thing. We are all walking around with media consumption devices in our hands now. These aren't phones we have. These are full-fledged computers, or as I call them, media consumption devices. So when you live in a world like that, you need as much content as possible. And now, with everybody sitting down, it's the reason why Netflix is popping. You know, Disney got Hamilton, they popping. Like, so 
you got to be able to continuously bring in content and content creators. And, and, and Matisse, he took advantage of the NBA not doing it and is making him a star. I've heard people talk about him that don't watch basketball or didn't even know he played for the Sixers. My wife didn't know he played for the Sixers. She was like, oh, I saw him thinking he played for the Sixers. And, and not only that, like, I mean, you can tell they don't know the dude because half the people talking about him can't even pronounce his name. Um, yeah. I saw I saw a dude doing reaction videos on YouTube of his yep. content and called yep. the dude, m- m- he, he was stuttering like, Matice? M- m- I'm like, oh, first of all, you know, before you start this video, see if you can at least try to no, you know, figure out what his name no. is. Don't wait till the video starts. That's some uh, yeah. um, shout out to DJ Envy. That's some Envy type stuff. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> but yeah, man, so it's like it's interesting, man. Content, content is where it's at. Shout to him. Um, shout to Javel for trying. Um, Javel is just boring himself to me, though. He's not as fun. Like Matisse is like a little bit more personality. You know what I'm saying? And, and so you know, Javel be trying though. Bless his heart. Yeah, he, he definitely does. And plus, Javel, you would think you know with his videos, he would have you know he got the golden goose. He's a Laker. He plays with LeBron, but apparently. Yeah. Spring Hill Entertainment put a put that put a kibosh on that because he's had four, maybe five because I haven't I haven't checked the last two days, but I've watched at least four JaVale episodes and there is not one glimpse of LeBron James in these videos. And he's even had footage of practice. So obviously he yeah. has to edit that out. Um I've seen LeBron on the NBA um YouTube little practice montage videos. They have the rights, but it's obvious that his own teammate doesn't have the right to. No, to, to post I feel like LeBron probably got a full crew following him, and we are gonna get that yeah. content all at one time. Right. And that's why he probably LeBron, told you right. Bell Foh. Yeah, there's gonna be Yo, a part I of LeBron's um, his uh, last dance. And shout out to Neil Yo, in the chat room because she said I don't watch games, but I do like sports content, last dance, or yeah. football life, etc. So it's kind of like what you just talked about. Just yeah, it's con- it's about content. Yo, I saw a footage the other day um, of Kemba Walker, right? He was out there walking around, and um, um, the uh, the chick that's out there covering it, what's her name? Uh, um, Taylor Wilkes. Yeah, yeah, she was interviewing him, and, he, and asking him, like, how's he like life in the bubble? And it, it was the craziest thing. Like, he was talking about LeBron, but the way he was talking about LeBron is, like, the way that people talk about Mike. And I had forgot for a minute that, like, LeBron is a god to some of them dudes. But I'm like, yo, Kemba's an all-star himself. And they were asking him, like, you yeah. have to sort of be high. He was like, yo, I can't believe, like, LeBron is just, like, walking around. And I'm like, yo, he's an all yo, LeBron. Guys. Like, that's your, that's, yeah. your, that's your peer. You just got the max, homie. Like, like calm down. I'm like, yo. Like, I was like, that was like, shocking. So he was talking about yeah. him like he wasn't human. Wow. Like, wow. like, he was Michael Jackson. I was like, yo. Yeah, I, I would figure like that's crazy for because I I don't know I don't I w- I wouldn't think that Disney would have any regular guests unless they had them like quarantined off in a whole different wing from mm-hmm. the NBA players because they did open a couple of Disney parks back up. Um, so I'm like, you know, they they have a bunch of resorts down there that they own, so I'm pretty sure they didn't put anybody in the same hotels as these NBA players. But what if they did? Like, you can understand some normal people in the street going for a, a Disney trip, and you see LeBron walking around, but 
but no, nah, man, these are his peers. His peers yeah, talk about like he like, like he just he goes bust his ass every every time you see him. You're up here. Yeah, like so that that's that also made me think about like yo, if you're a competitor, like how, like now that y'all you're just walking around and you're in such awe of him, how do you compete that hard? Like, because you're an audible, man. But anyway, right. man. So, the, but to your original point about the content in the bubble, it, it <clears> is intriguing to watch. Um, after watching a little bit of the, uh, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the, the scrimmages. I'm I'm yeah. kind of scared that the content's going to be better than the games. Uh, it definitely is. Um, yeah, because I've watched people, you know, because I think when people who haven't seen any of this footage, they just think the bubble. I think they just imagine that these guys are just locked down in their rooms or locked down in a hotel. But you know, these guys actually get to go out and do stuff. They just can't go off Disney property, or at least the, the boundaries of the property that, that they're kind of restricted to. But I've seen players playing golf. I've seen a ton of players fishing. It kind of depends on what you have at the actual resort that they place your team in, um, mm-hmm. where, like, the Sixers and the Pacers are, and I guess the Houston Rockets, um, you know, they have the little waterway over there. So they you can get on a boat, you can go fishing, you can go golfing and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's not like they haven't been able to do anything, but, of course, there's no women there with them um, unless you, you know, go with one of the masseuse trainer chicks or Taylor Rooks or somebody like that. But You know, Taylor, um, probably, yo, Taylor probably is going through it. She probably got all kinds of, like, people in her DMs, people coming at her neck. You know, you know how I'm many eggplant, eggplant picks she probably got this week <laughs> walking around that bugger. It might be almost like walking yeah. around a minimum security uh, prison. Yeah, and I don't, mean, I don't mean that walk no around, I don't mean that with no disrespect at all, but if any anybody relates to being in summer camp, dog, you know what I'm talking about. When you were in summer camp, and it's like a jail in summer camp, you probably even normally wouldn't even talk to. Right. But in summer camp, it, yo, you trying. And the thing is, Taylor Rooks is good looking, but she don't have to be right now. She don't have exactly. to be good looking right now at yeah. all. Yeah, y'all, so, uh, y'all know. But anybody who's been in summer camp, you know what it is. I mean, it's, it's just somebody there you trying to split that taco, like, and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You go spend all, all summer, like, giving out the hints. But, you know, mm-hmm. but, man, the summer crazy. camp and you stuck. Everybody started looking good. There ain't that many to choose from. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> another thing before we talk about the scrimmages a little bit, man, there's been a few players – Remember, we talked about the whole thing when Kyrie was saying, you know, this is a distraction and, um, you know, we probably shouldn't be playing. And then at the same time, there was a a contingent of people saying, well, it's good that they get to play because every time they get in front of a camera, they can use that as a platform to discuss the things that are going on. And and several people have done that. Um, I know Marcus Smart, he had a, a... interview the other day and he warned everybody before you guys start asking questions my response to everything is going to be justice for Breonna Taylor so he warned them but you know the the, the media they're going to try anyway I've seen this Mm -hmm. plenty of times like somebody says I mean I'm not going to answer anything I'm not going to you know I'm I'm going to plead the fifth or I'm going to say no comment or I'm going to say this or I'm going to say that and the media, you know, they got to they gotta shoot their shot anyway. So he warned them before we start, my answer is going to be justice for Breonna Taylor. So he got about uh, three or four questions after that, and he, he kept to his word, basically saying, I'm going to ask for justice for Breonna Taylor. Tobias Harris did the same thing in one of his interviews. So it, it, it's starting. I'm not sure if we're going to see this on 
a wide scope. And you're also going to see some guys talk about these subjects while at the same time talking about their craft, why they're there, and, and other questions that they're being asked. So it's going to be a good mixture of both. Like, do you think that's effective in the way that people were saying, like, man, they can use that platform to do this and do that? Um, I think it's interesting. I, I want them to keep that same energy and keep it up uh, for Breonna Taylor. Um, and it will be a thing that will be remembered. Everything from this bubble is going to go down in history, right? You know, the good, bad, the ugly. So, but in terms of what kind of change could it make, I don't know. It depends mm-hmm. on how long they can keep this up. Because yeah. the people out there are going to have to be reelected. And whether we believe it or not, NBA players do have sway in how people make decisions. Like, we live in a culture of cobalt, as we call it, but it's a culture of celebrity where people love celebrities to the point they're willing to do and follow them in terms of what they say and what they do. Right. So it depends upon who's saying it, too, because if you, you know, um, well, I would say he's cyber, but now he's he's a popular dude, so now he got a little if bit of juice now, too. If you mark it smart. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's why it depends upon who says it, right? It depends upon it's who says it. commendable, so, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, but but sometimes when you have that that many people like deciding to do it, and you will have the Le- well, LeBron. Okay, LeBron speaks on every any any and everything. Uh, LeBron, you, you know, know what LeBron the difference is? You probably shouldn't speak on. Yeah, you know what the difference is? Doing something like this because your mark is smart. The media gave up after three questions. If you're LeBron yeah. James, they're gonna ask you ten, fifteen questions, no matter what you're saying, because you're LeBron, and they're gonna try to get something out of you. And at the very mm-hmm. least, somebody's going to be there who who kind of likes what you're doing, so they're going to play into it. They're going to ask you something that they're supposed to ask you for their publication, knowing full and well that you're going to do this. So, and, and yeah, what's interesting about that is, what's interesting about that is, I saw someone make the argument right that the reason why Roger Goodell ended up bending the knee and you know just caving in um, in terms of what he talked about with social justice was literally because of Patrick Mahomes. And when someone told me that initially, I was like, I don't know, I don't know about that. And they were like, no, they, so they started breaking down their theory that Mahomes is clearly the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He's about to become the face of the NFL, mm-hmm. and he's about to become the face of hundred dollar bills. Yeah, you can't have him saying some of the things he's saying, and you not respond. So when Cap right. is what Cap does, Cap's not Mahomes. And the point they were making is even with Cap and everything that was going on, they said Tom Brady could have ended this years ago if he was willing to say something. I was just about to say that. We've had so many conversations on here where people were talking about if Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or somebody like that spoke up, the NFL would have to listen. But those guys, you know, Aaron Rodgers would say little stuff, you know, not really on NFL cameras. Tried to play both sides. Basically, and, and you know, and pl- and when he did it, he kind of did it away from NFL cameras and all that kind of stuff. He'll do it on on social media or or, or something mm-hmm. like that. But this was their worst nightmare as far as having to bend the knee. Like, damn, we got a black quarterback who's now the best yeah. player in the league, the face of the league. He's about to be our version of LeBron. We can't keep ignoring this if he's going to be speaking up. Yeah. Now if he was a sellout and he didn't give a shit about anything and he didn't yeah. say anything, they'd still be in good shape. Which, but. when they when they broke it down that way, I was like, okay, I see your argument. And um, the thing is, the NBA, and this is why, like, 
you always have to give credit to the, the people that came before you because it was a fight to get to kind of exercise your power when you read the history of the league going back to Russell and Chamberlain and Oscar Robertson did a lot for this. Like, cats are literally standing on the shoulders of giants and they recognize their power to the point where the NBA at this point is a true partnership where you still have your quote-unquote managers but when you look at when you look at revenue splits, when you look at what they're allowed to do and how they get seats at the table, they're in a partnership. And the NFL is so far away from that. Um, so it's just interesting to see the players speak up the way they do. But it all depends upon who's going to speak up. So, right. you know, if it continues to be the Marcus Smart, and that's no disrespect because Marcus Smart can ball, but it's different coming from Marcus Smart versus you know a Kevin Durant or LeBron James or one of the other upper echelon players in the NBA. <laughs> you know, James Harden tried to make a statement too, but I think he went the wrong way. <laughs> well, he claims that he wasn't. He just thought that, you know, he thought the I actually believe high. him too, though. I believe, I believe him too. I believe like, him too. I, I mean, yeah, cause James, has, he's all about, like, just trying to look different and, you know, wanting you to know what he has on, I, I definitely, I, I believe him as well. Because I'm going to keep it a buck. I really didn't know. Like, I knew, but I didn't know that that's what that was. Like, someone had yeah. someone had to remind me and show me, and I was like, oh, I did see that before, but I wasn't I, I didn't know that. I, I yeah, never so like, thought. But that's why like, I believe him. When the controversy came down, it was all new to me. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, James Harden took some flack because he was wearing a, a face mask that apparently was like a Blue Lives Matter face mask, um, you know. So he got called all kinds of raccoons and, <laughs> and all kinds of stuff last week because of that. Um, and he said, you know, I honestly didn't know. I just thought it looked hot, and it covered my whole beard. And you know, James Harden to me has been, and I don't know how I'm going to say I'm. I'm not trying to offend, but say this at the same time. James Harden's always been kind of a simpleton to me. So I don't even think he thinks on a deep enough level for him to be trying to make a statement one way or the other. So James Harden, James Harden <laughs> definitely loves basketball and IG models. Like, I don't think right. that he thinks like, – he, he, I think James Harden loves being James Harden because um, he's one of the most recognizable athletes on the planet. He makes millions and millions of money. He gets to bet all the women that he double taps. And I think that he's okay with that. I think James Harden is one of them dudes that I don't even think he cares whether he wins a chip or not. He just likes being James Harden. So I don't think that you'll see him make a political statement unless he has an awakening, which is possible. Because if I'm keeping it a buck, before before Kaepernick, you know, um, decided to wake up, he was similar to James Harden that way. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, um, so but I definitely believe him in terms of what he said because, you know, no one – really paid that much attention to to know exactly what it was. But it's funny how when you go to social media, when you say or do something, you can tell what side you want just by the, the, the comments. Like those uh those mag the MAGA crowd in Houston was loving him. They were loving James. That's right, James. <laughs> Stand up for our policemen. I was like, oh and if y'all don't believe that's true, just go look at a Jason Whitlock thread on Twitter. Oh my God! Oh loving my God. Him. Jason, you're a true American, Jason. You're a true American. That's when you know you're on the wrong side. But he doesn't care about being on the wrong side, so it doesn't matter one bit. All right, so yeah, there's been a couple of scrimmages, and they're actually, I think there's still some going on right now. I forgot to turn this monitor on because um, I was watching Portland versus uh, 
somebody earlier today, uh, uh, Portland versus Indiana. Um, Yesterday they had uh, the the Nets versus the Pelicans and the Clippers versus the Orlando Magic. Um, So it, it looked a little weird, of course. Um, they're they're not panning on to. I mean, first of all, this isn't like a, an arena, a giant arena with a bunch of stands and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, down at the Wide World of Sports, they have bleachers, but you know, it's like a like high schools where you could push them in and they not even matter to anything. But they're not panning up to where a crowd would be anyway. So it kind of looks like a summer league game. Um, which is, I, I believe they play summer league here anyway, so um, it, it looks exactly like a summer league game. You had the the, the shoes squeaking, um, you know the regular noises that you hear on an NBA broadcast. You got the the broadcasters talking through it, so that seemed normal. The only thing you're missing is crowd reaction, and you know this is a scrimmage anyway, so. It's still right on par with what would have been anyway if this was a, a summer league game or maybe even a preseason game. But when we get as we get down into the mix of this, especially since they're only doing a few games for the rest of the regular season, and most of this whole bubble thing is going to be playoffs, I think then that's when we're going to start to notice. Like in the playoffs, there's no such thing as a quiet arena. So you know, yeah. everything else seemed okay except for the fact that. They had three rows of players on the bench. Everybody was sitting in a chair um, at least six feet apart from each other. Um, what's the point? It's weird to me. You noticed that as well, right? Yeah, I was wondering, like, what's the point? Like, you're social distancing, and then you get out there, you guys are, like, you know, Paul sweating on each other. It's like, oh, what are we I'm doing here? Like, Still high-fiving. Yeah, I thought I mean, I'd never see a high-five again. They high-fiving. It's nothing. Yeah, it's, it's 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 mad weird, man, and I, I don't know, man. Like, it was good to see, like, you know, ball being played, but at the same time, it's mm-hmm. like, it's just different. Like, if you win the chip, how do you celebrate? Like, it's, right. the crowd does so much for the sport, and, you know, I guess it's one of those things you learn through COVID about how much crowds actually matter. All crowds matter. Because um, <laughs> just the, the whole ambiance. Not until black crowds matter. All crowds can't matter until black crowds matter. <laughs> Yo, it's I don't know, man. It's just it's just off, man. Maybe we'll get used to it after a while, but I just don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. The, the bench thing is crazy, but I think that's all about optics. I mean, because you got some, you know, some assistant coaches on the bench wearing masks. Not everybody on the bench wearing a mask. Um, everybody six feet apart from each other, like you said. Then you get called into the game, and you out there posting cats up. Um, playing close defense. I think it's all about optics. They want to show us that we're trying, you know, because they don't want us to sit there for two hours watching a game complaining about, man, these bulls going to die. <laughs> but it really doesn't matter yeah. once, they, once they get into the game. Plus, you know, they're in the bubble. Everybody gets tested twice a day. So, so, so I think that's all optics. Because if you're getting tested twice a day and you're at practice and everybody's close to each other eating – you know, the bench is really no different, but, but you're on TV now. You know, before you're only on YouTube with, with, with Matisse Thibel and, and uh, uh, JaVale McGee and cats like that. Now you're on national TV, so they have to at least have the optics look like they're trying to do something 
um, you know, even though they're doing a good job of, of everything that they are doing down there. Um, yeah. So, so what did you think of, of the action? For me, it was the same. It was like, I haven't missed sports to the point where, you know, I was going through withdrawal or anything, but the closer they got to playing, you know, we, we love hoops. So you get a little bit excited. I sat down on time to watch that first game, the, the, the Clippers and the, and the Magic. And then five minutes into the game, I'm like, everybody launching threes. <laughs> everybody missing threes that they launching. Seven footers launching threes. And I'm sitting here like, yo, man, basketball is trash. <laughs> what, did, what did you think of the action once you got past, you know, all the whole COVID stuff? It was boring to me until I saw my young boy, Bo Bo, go out there and, and do his thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I saw Bo Bo cooking. You know what I mean? Everybody knows, like, y'all can go back and listen to the draft show, man. I said Bo Bo was the best player in the draft. Um, Bo that dude. Yeah, um, speaking of, Jim, did you know because of what he did yesterday, um, and, and that was – in an 89-82 victory versus the Washington Wizards, uh, Bobo, I think he had 16 points, 10 rebounds, 6 blocks, and he started at forward. You know, Bobo is like 7-2. He started mm-hmm. at forward. Their usual center, Joker, started at point guard, and they had <laughs> another center in the lineup. So they had three seven-footers. In the lineup, because, you know, they, they have cats who haven't really shown up to the bubble yet, or I think some of them might have shown up, but a little bit late, so they still got to do their quarantine time. So they had this unorthodox lineup up there, and Bobo hammered the, the, the Wizards for 16, 10, and 6 blocks. You know, they drug tested him the next day. <laughs> like, why do y'all think my man Bobo a bum? All he needed was opportunity because, you know, he hasn't played they, a minute they, in the NBA yet. All that came back in his blood was, it says, son of Manute. Fuck out of here. Like, come on, man. <laughs> this, this Manute, this Manute, this Manute 2.0, man. And it's funny because, like, when you watch him play, it looks like a little bit of Manute used to get them dumb blocks. Like, <clears throat> Manute Bowl, like, would hit threes and just block shots. And that's all he did. Um, and his so, block shots used to be so weak, he'd just, like, tap it right back to you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like he did. Like yo, you would never, as many blocks as he got, you wouldn't say, "Yo, Manute be out here swatting shots." He wasn't a shot swatter. He just, yo, it's know, funny put his hand up, got in the way. Bowl don't be swatting him, but he get them all. Like he, he finds a way to get his hands on the ball, pause and, and he had a lot of blocks. But it was interesting to see all the shots that he altered. But one play, he blocked the shot, got the ball, came down, and they were like falling back because he's a seven foot two dude. So like, they fall back into the paint. My man pulled up for three on him, block him. Yo, he hit like two or three threes. I'm like, but this is my question. Young boy, different. How do you get drug tested for hammering the Wizards? I mean, and you know, no disrespect to the Wizards, (laughs) but but even even a Wizard team that doesn't have Beal or Wall, like anybody you put in the starting lineup, even if they're not used to starting, if they get the minutes, they're gonna hammer the Wizards. Like, so I don't I don't see why his quote unquote random drug test. Just happened to come the day after he had, you know, his his career high that doesn't even count because it's the scrimmage. So shout out to Bo Bo, man. Keep doing your thing. And I love the Nuggets lineup. Y'all should go with that for the rest of the season. <clears throat> All right, so let's let's get to the phone lines real quick. We got the homie Tobias on the line. 
Calling in from Arizona. What up, Tobias? What's going on, man? What's going on, fellas? Real quick, my ass. Don't be trying to rush me, dude. <laughs> God, man, often, I tell you, man, on low manage tonight. He low manage I see, man. Hey, <laughs> uh, only question I have is, what's gonna happen first? Zion, pl- Zion shows up or the detox come out? That's all I want to know. Uh, Yo, hey, hey it's 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 so bad. Like that's so obvious with a lot of this situation, this bubble situation being about Zion. He leaves the bubble for quote unquote personal family matters probably got something to do with that that that, that case they building against them um he leaves the bubble the bubble and then the next day the league announces yeah we're no longer going to count the rest of these games in the um the the individual awards races so you know wherever we stop that's where we're going to judge the rookie of the year the mvp and all of that kind of stuff which makes it obvious to me at least they were going to try to, in these eight to ten games or however many games that, that, that they're going to play in the bubble, they were going to try to give uh, Zion Williamson the rookie of the year after another strong eight since he only played 19 in the first half of the season. He you know what's crazy? Selection of, of voting for the awards. You know what's crazy? It's like they talk about John Morant like he was Malcolm Brogdon the year he won rookie of the year. Right. Uh, this is like a, this is like – Runaway rookie of the year because Malcolm Brogdon yeah. really shouldn't even have won it, but there yeah. was no sexy names. You know, Joel Embiid yeah. only had thirty games. I think um, what's the cat that used to play for the Sixers, Jim? They got traded to Minnesota and now he got traded again. Um, uh, Covington? Man. No, the one that got traded with Covington, the uh, European dude. Oh, you talking oh, about uh, like, uh, uh, not Shamit. I went to the Clippers. No, no. You thought Dario Sarge. Dario, Dario Sarge. Sarge. Dario Sarge yeah. probably should have won the rookie of the year. But they were like, Dario Sarge? I ain't giving that shit to no damn Dario Sarge. <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon didn't yep. really stand out from him. But they had to give yep. it to somebody. So. The crazy part about Ja is that that's pretty much virtually the same team. <clears throat> and with him, they make the playoffs. And they talk about this. It's like, Zion's great. Yeah, he's all right. That's how they look at him. And I'm like, this dude is a great talent himself and turn around a team. And he told James Harden, you better tell that blank and blank about me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, it's like, dude, it's like they just, it's like they try everything to get Zion in the playoffs. Zion rookie of the year. It shows to me that he would have played those eight games. They would have given it to him. Yeah, that's just my opinion there. Dude, and it, it the is whole cr- bubble thing and the teams that they invited was about him. Try to get the Pelicans in the damn playoffs. They yeah. gave them the easiest schedule, and they didn't just continue the schedules from where they were in the regular season. They made new schedules for this this little bubble run, and they ended up with the easiest schedule out of everybody. Yeah, and it, it's just funny how like they trying to rig it and it didn't work. I can understand if you want a popular rating for TV, that's fine. But when you say no awards race and it ties to LeBron right here, it's like, boy, all these people say, well, LeBron should be the MVP because he changed positions. He's always been the damn point guard. <laughs> you know, that's Kyrie. That's Mario Chalmers. <laughs> He's always been the damn point guard. That's Lonzo Ball. That's Rondo. Uh, and, it, and, like, the thing with Giannis, they can't say this is LeBron's team. 
about his team, we got AD. But at the same time, these same media people want to crap on Giannis because he say he doesn't have a second star. And it's like, which one? You can't have it both ways here saying Giannis ain't the MVP. We doesn't have a second star. But LeBron's more, more valuable, but he got AD. Uh, they said, we well, got a new coach. Frank Vogel was not a bad coach. <laughs> it's not like they hired Jim Boylan from the Chicago Bulls to be the head coach of the Lakers. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's like they're just making up a narrative. Giannis had a great year. No one's saying Chris Middleton is Reggie Miller or Clay Thompson here. He's a nice player, boring as boring as ice water, but he's a nice player. He doesn't have that second star. And, you know, and I'm Chris, like, can we, can we give him props? Like he played like a spur. Yeah. <laughs> Middleton would be on the spurs. Yes. And, and it's like Giannis actually had better numbers this year the last year he won it, and the team has gotten even better. And I, and I just think that people, they didn't want to talk about the years LeBron didn't win the MVP. I'm like, well, he mailed in the four years of Cleveland the regular season. How you going to give it to him? <laughs> you know? Uh, Listen, if, Giannis is having one of the greatest statistical NBA seasons out of anybody go. in the history of anything. Yeah, and, it's, and, and, that, and that's what kills me. And he's low-key low key, um, up for defensive player of the year. Um. Yo, you might get it. It's it's crazy the season that he was having. You know who we'll give props to as a coach though, Billy Donovan. Remember all those people used to crap on him because you know he didn't he didn't win with Westbrook or you know KD. Boy, he turned out a pretty good year right now with a team that's supposed to be worse than the Bulls, but somehow the Bulls are worse. But that's a whole different conversation. Uh, <laughs> he done a good job, and I just think like. That right there shows that sometimes some of these coaches can't coach if these organizations give them a chance to do what they're supposed to do, coach. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. uh, One thing about football, right, because y'all know – oh, one thing, for many people know I'm a Dodger fan, and I think the Mookie Betts deal is a great deal because he's only 26 years old, and I'm tired of watching Cody Bellinger go bat 150 in the postseason. So, you know, but Mookie, Mookie got one of them Bryce Harper deals. <laughs> yeah, and Mookie actually has a good batting average. Oh, well, my bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but the Dodgers didn't really blow money like that over the years. They didn't pay for Machado or like Bryce Harper. They waited for the right guy. And at 26, you give him a 10, 10 plus year deal. Remember when the Angels gave Pujols a 10 year deal? Dude was already over 30. And everybody was already, like, what the hell yeah, is he doing? He was already over thirty. Yeah, and, yeah. and you can do that in football, but you can't. You can't give somebody over thirty a ten-year deal in baseball. You just can't do it. That's guaranteed money. Only right guaranteed. There. Yeah, and speaking <laughs> of old people, and speaking of old people, right? The ta- hey, if y'all ever go like Tampa media, right? Tampa Twitter. These people are still saying, "I can't believe Tom Brady signed." It's like, dude, uh. Y'all know this ain't 2007 Tom Brady, right? Talking to Randy Moss, right? Uh, they keep talking about, like, 2007. Like, dude, that's 13 years ago. W was president. If w was president last time he was slanging the ball down the field. Oh, sorry. We can't count that. And and I just, and I, and I actually bet the Bucks on under 10 wins. I, t- I figured going to win nine because the expectations are too high. They, they're expecting him to just walk in and they win the Super Bowl. Without any camp, in a system where the quarterback designed to get hit and stay down the barrel and throw the ball downfield, 
and that, and I was, I was telling like some fans I know, friends of mine, I was like, look, Mike Evans is a great receiver, right? And y'all taught Brady to get the ball out quick. You got to have the type of players to get the ball out quick, too. He's not a quick twitch guy. Yeah, he's, he's a 50-50 guy. Yeah, he's a 50-50 guy. He has a total 50-50 balls to him. And you got to wait him get downfield. Brady ain't waiting no more. That ball is going to the running back. <laughs> Or the designated white guy on the team. We got a couple of white receivers, too, that they ain't going to eat. And then they talk high about Grunk. All right, Grunk was washed before he took the year off. What makes you think that he's going to come in and be great? He's like, hold on, hold on. You said designated say white guy. Designated white guy. Grunk or yeah, yeah, we got two of them, Scotty Miller. And, but, you know, I just think that the I, NFL, I, right? I think Grunk, injury-wise, it, it really took a toll on Because I think that's why he retired in the first place. But yep. when he needed to step up, he could still step up. He almost single-handedly, you know, won them that Super Bowl against the Eagles when it seemed like they you know were what? dead in the water. Second half, Gronk went to work on the on on the birds. And, and guys, this how close life is in the NFL comes the narrative. Tell you through a little Bucks fan. I was like, think about this, right? The year they lost to the Eagles, Brady fumbled, lost the game. D four was an offside away. From Brady throwing his third pick to lose that game. They won a Super Bowl, right? He ain't do nothing. And then the next year, he threw a pick to get a Titans. Imagine you saying. He was absolutely putrid in that Super Bowl, too. Yeah. So, if if he had those three endings and then had that Super Bowl, would you be excited? And and, yeah. and so, I, I've always been like that because I think this team's going to make the playoffs. They better make the playoffs. But I think people are asking too much for a team when you ain't had no practice, you ain't going to have no preseason games, you had no O2A, your training camp could be half of it running around in shorts. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm i just thinking that maybe if they had a full regular camp, regular offseason, yeah, I'd be on the train. But if you don't have those regular camps, and then Bruce Arians is not an attention-to-detailed guy. He wants to go have beers at noon. <laughs> so, so, you, you kind of get what I'm getting at. It's like if you don't have that camp, you don't have those. But truthfully, yeah. Tom Brady might not ever take a snap in a Bucks uniform. Because uh, I mean, I mean, we're saying it, and it seems like these leagues are trying to force it. But it's still for me like a, I believe it when I see it. It don't seem like football gonna be played this this fall. But we'll see. Oh, college like, point. Like I said, you know, like college I said, point. I'm, I'm like I said. You know, if y'all want to risk it all for me, you know, for my entertainment, do what you do. It's just difficult to see how how the NFL will handle this. Like, I don't think they can bubble things off like the NBA is doing. I don't think they'll be able to, you know, assure people that things are going to be good like the NBA has so far. Something's going to get in that bubble to, that might end up ruining that. But for now, they've done a great job. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and, the, and the thing is that, you know, I believe this. You, I believe these leagues just have to push forward because COVID's not going anywhere. You can shut everything down, and next year someone catches the coronavirus. What then is 2021, 2022? I just think it's all about managing things. And I say this oh, before I go, guys. I, next year they might have a needle they can stick in your ass to help you out. <laughs> yeah. They, they'll probably have a blackout because Giggy be the test subject for that, too. That's a whole different show. But, yeah. uh, 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Make but, your last point, man. You know we trying to lower manage the last forty minutes of this. I tell you, boy, you ain't got nowhere to go but hang out with your kids. <laughs> well, now you want to be now you want to hang around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find but, a room that my kids are not in. You tripping? <laughs> but you know, like this whole this whole Washington Redskins thing, the team in Washington. This is one of those stories where you can tell when people don't read the article. People are so mad they call the, the team the name. They like, do. You know, it takes a little bit to get that whole thing situated right with the names, making sure they're copyrighted, merge, symbols, and all that stuff. Usually, I'm telling someone, teams just do that a year out when they do that yeah. stuff. And they just, he just said he's going to change the name last week. What do you want me supposed to do, man? <laughs> uh, yeah, because a lot of teams, when, when they change names, remember, you know, people have like a whole year, like a, a, a yeah. farewell year. Like the Washington Bullets didn't just change the name Bullets in a couple of weeks, like, it was like, okay, this is the final season of the Washington Bullets, you know what I mean? But, uh, no, nah, yeah. I'll stay on that, but... Hey. Yeah, and, and guys, I want to say thanks for taking my call, and remember, guys, leaving the bubble for a family emergency is cold for, I got an Instagram check outside, and I want a steak. Kind of like that, that dude from the bank sold everybody out for a steak. Go meet your steak, <laughs> man. It's all good. <laughs> all <laughs> right, man, we talk to you next week. Take it easy. All right, <laughs> he said. He said I want a, a steak and an IG model. Um, so, they grown men, man. They can't be. You know, what I'm saying they got, they got, you know, take care of themselves. So Jim, if, if, if 2020 couldn't get any weirder, <laughs> reportedly, 53 year old Mike Tyson and 51 year old Roy Jones Jr. have both decided to come out of retirement. And they supposedly have an eight-round exhibition bout scheduled for September. Are you excited about this? <laughs> Yo, I'm definitely a nut ball, like I was telling y'all earlier, because I'm way, I'm way too excited for this. I'm Hell too yeah. I'm going to laugh. It's going to be funny. Last time I saw Roy Jones, he was fighting in the middle of a shopping mall while people were out doing their Christmas I mean, shopping. The thing for him, though, they talk about him coming out of retirement. Roy Jones, was he really retired? Because Roy Jones pops up and fights like every other year and gets his boot stretched halfway off. Um, Yo, his <laughs> legacy is Garbito Sabonis. Because, like, <laughs> you, you don't even remember the fact that he was once one of the greats because last five times I've seen him, he was flying out the ring. You know Yo, what I'm saying? So, it's like, real talk. Like, last five, six times you've seen him, Jim, like, they had, like, his neck immobilized and he was getting in a stretcher and, I mean, getting in an ambulance. <laughs> He had some he had some brutal defeats, man. And and you know why his legacy is gonna be bad? Because it was already kind of in question. Because he's yep. one of those people that were unlucky enough to come up mostly in a division where there weren't a lot of great boxers. So people already gave him flack for who he fought all throughout his career. You know, he even and moved he up, up to heavyweight, which to me Moving up to heavyweight was admirable, even though he did it. Like, by the time he did it, the division wasn't the same. But I still, you know, I still think it's difficult for Man, a fighter to ducked, move from where he moved all the way up to heavyweight. He, he ducked still, Bernard for years because yeah, he kept yeah. trying to get the ball to take, like, an 80-20 split. I'm like, come on, cuz. Like, you're being disrespectful. And right. the funny thing is. This man has become a superstar done, in the game. You can't do no 80-20 split. When it's when it's no, all when it's all said and done, Bernard's legacy is going to be much greater than yours, which is even crazier because, you know, it's it's it, 
he, he slow grinded it, but Bernard came became that guy. But anyway, he beat I'm, Bernard I'm it, when man. Bernard wasn't ready yet, and then wouldn't I'm give him another one because he probably knew how difficult that was going to be, and took so long. Yeah. Stalling. I'm here for <laughs> it because even even when he beat Bernard, that was questionable too because Bernard gave him a box. And like that's back when Roy was knocking everybody out, and Bernard Bernard mm-hmm. like fought him, and mm-hmm. you know so. That's why he stayed away from that smoke. It's just that, you know, anyway, with all that being said, I'm here for this, man. I'm here for Iron Mike coming out. I'm here for Iron Mike interviews. I'm here for Iron Mike, like, you know, acting you know, this crazy. Is, this, is the nice, this is the nice guy, Iron Mike, unless that switch just comes on, you know, when he gets it's back into this. Because, um, you know, I really wouldn't mind hearing him tell Roy Jones he's going to eat his kids. And I I'm wouldn't here mind that. hearing Roy Jones telling Mike, you must have forgot. So let's, let's I'm it. here for every single bit of this, man. I know I'm a nutball because we already know it's going to be a disgrace. It's, it's going to be, be terrible. Now. I it's hope it ain't pure comedy because I'm going to buy it. <laughs> but I hope it's not pay per view <laughs> because I, uh, man, this, this tells you though, man. This is this gives you like a a signal of how boxing fans, especially older boxing fans. Pugilist purist, it, it tells you what they think of the heavyweight division right now. That this fight could make anybody excited. Like a 53 year old fighting a 51 year old shouldn't it shouldn't move the needle at all. But it is Mike Tyson. You know, even though Mike Tyson's career ended the way it did, and he he never fulfilled his full potential, mainly because of his self destructive ways. Like, Mike will move the needle until the day he dies. And then, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting, man. Something that that I want to see. I'm like you. I ain't ashamed to say it. We just some nut bowls around here. Um, Absolutely. Are you talking out of turn? No, I think we're all talking together. I normally don't do interview with women unless I fornicate with them. That's, that's, my, that's, my, I'm here for it, though. My thing is this, and the bout is supposed to be uh, September 12th, um, I believe, in Carson, California, at the Dignity Health Sports Park, uh, wherever that is. Uh, and excuse me, Mike Tyson is 54 years old, and um, Roy Jones, I believe, is 51 years old. Roy Tyson, of course, 50 and 6 uh, in his career. Roy Jones, on the other hand, is 66 and 9. So you remember all through his prime, Roy Jones was undefeated until he got the disqualification yeah. against um, uh, Montel Griffin because he hit him while he was while he had one knee on the ground. So that loss, nobody mm-hmm. really even acknowledged that as a loss. So yeah, he he's had his boots stretched a good eight times in the latter part of his career, and like we said, it it, it was brutal, definitely brutal. Yeah, so man. before we move I'm on, I'm the most Mr. brutal, most vicious, and most ruthless <laughs> champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's it's never right. been anybody it's ruthless. Right. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm it's Jack right. Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. <laughs> Yo, that's a fire Praise rant. God, after all of that. That was a fire. You know, he talked about doing some of the most filthy things the world has ever seen, and then said, "Praise to God." My defense is impregnable. Any part of life away. Yo, yeah. 
Wilbur was surprising back then. Like if you didn't know and you went and looked them words up, he used them all correctly. Like, I know. What y'all talking about, man? Yeah. So September twelfth, everybody. We'll talk about it more. You know, if it turns out to be real, and that as it approaches, we'll start talking about you know styles and who we think we're going who who we think are going to win the fun. fight or is going to win the fight um, because we're going to take it seriously because like Jimmy said, we nut balls. All right. Quote of the week, man, and the quote of the week comes from the NBA bubble, and that quote is, is that Joe Budden? <laughs> that comes from new, newest NBA superstar, Matisse Thibel. He said this in practice as Nas's ether was blasting through the speakers. So Taylor Rooks, <laughs> who we talked about earlier, who's doing most of the reporting around here, she went straight to social media and dropped the dime on him. Uh, she tweeted, at the 76ers practice, Nas Ether is playing. Matisse Thibel said, is this Joe Button?" The tweet <laughs> blew up. Everybody on t- uh, Twitter was basically crapping on Matisse Thibel, trying to give him a hip-hop lesson and telling him how stupid he was. He claims it was a joke. He, he basically said he was joking with his teammates, and they responded in a certain way, which made her hear it. She ran off and did that. And then he ran off to Twitter to try to do damage control. But, um, yeah, so Thibault became <laughs> the donkey of the week for everybody because he asked while Ether was playing, is this Joe Button? Oh, that's hilarious. That's <laughs> hilarious, man. I, I, I got to just say that that's, that's just hilarious, man. And I, I like the way he responded, though. He said, yo, I guess I'm letting Nas down. <laughs> so I wonder if. I wonder if he said that right away or if he had to go do some research and find something to make us think like, oh, he know he know what he's talking about. He really was joking. But yeah, that, that definitely was a hot response. Um, because you definitely let Nas down, especially if you weren't joking. All right, so the stat of the week, and this is this is great. This this speaks to what we've been talking about and how great of a job the NBA seemingly has been doing um with this whole bubble situation. Uh, our stat of the week, there have been zero, zero positive COVID-19 tests from the 346 NBA players inside of the Disney bubble since they all started to enter the bubble on July 13th. That's that's crazy. That That's crazy. You got 346 players um, counting all of the team with the staff, the training staff, and, and stuff like that. There's probably another 350 people walking around who have to get tested every day. These guys get tested twice a day and there has not been one unless they lie into us and they're withholding some information. There have not been one positive test inside of this bubble. So, so far they're keeping this bubble sterile. Um, thoughts on that, Jim? How, that's, that's man, it's amazing. amazing, man. I mean, you know, if only we could put the entire- spreading everywhere else. <laughs> If only we could put the whole world in the bubble, man. I, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is, man. Like, you know, this is a good thing, I guess. You know, um, I noticed that even some of the people that were once anti-COVID or however you want to call it, like, I just saw the president just canceled um, all his stuff in Jacksonville. Yeah, you know what it is. So this is you, talking about, you talk all yeah, that so stuff, but you know what it is. Crazy in so Florida. It's kind of weird, but this is this. 
this is good, man. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just interested to see, like, you know, the future of sports in general because, you know, we got the, we got the solution for this year, but are we going to have a full bubble next year? Right. But, no, it, it's definitely crazy. It's like on a, on a higher scale, the NBA is showing America, you know, how you can do this and how you can, quote, unquote, flatten the curve, you know, keyword. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like you, you just boy, like you compare this to regular households and families. Stay, stay in your household as much as you can. Uh, make sure, I mean, because basically, with with them being all in one place, it's kind of like just one big family. Like if you stay mm-hmm. in your household, you wear masks when you're out and about. You can chill with your own family. Like at some, you know, they yeah. they don't have masks every single time they're together. Of course, when they're practicing and when they're playing games, they don't have masks because they've been in this place confined together. Nobody's getting outside and doing anything that could possibly bring it inside and start to spread it on the inside. It, it's easy. It it should be easier for us to do that when people live in households with like two people to six people. Like, why can't we do that? And a whole damn basketball league is doing it down at some Disney hotels. America should be ashamed of it, damn so. <laughs> All right, so shout out to the NBA. I hope it lasts. Um, because, of course, with this, like I said, as easy as it does spread, there's no guarantee that you can, especially when these games starts, when, when you start to bring in the broadcasters and all that. And I'm pretty sure everybody who's going to have access probably had to quarantine off somewhere, but it's a high risk that somehow, some way, you know, something could get in there that, that messes this whole thing up. But I hope not because they're doing uh, a pretty admirable job of keeping everything uh, healthy so far. All right, so before we move on to what happened this week while you guys were on the grind, just want to let you know if you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline is open at numbers 323-410-0012. Just press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. You can also join us in the Body Hood chat room where Skyview and Neil, as usual, are holding it down for us. Shout out to y'all. Um, the chat room is brought to you by Bodyhood University. So if you guys, if you guys always wanted to learn about things like the stock market and how to make your money work for you, but you haven't been able to do so, we understand it's not your fault. This kind of information hasn't been taught to you in schools. Um, it wasn't taught to most of us in schools, but the information is imperative if you want to create wealth and possibly leave a legacy, you know, for your family to live under after you're long gone this place. So War Room Sports. Is partnered with By the Hood University to help get you started on your journey of learning to invest and possibly, you know, entering financial freedom. So go to our website at warroomsports.com, click on the By the Hood logo at the bottom of our homepage, or click our sponsors and partners page and click on the By the Hood logo there. That'll get you started. Use promo code WRS, all caps, and receive 15% off everything on the By the Hood site. Never too late to secure your financial legacy, so no better time to do it, but now. All right, so what happened yes, this week, Jim, while, while everybody was on the Grizz Naive? Yes, sir. While you were on the grind, it's brought to you by Sports the Book. It's the bottom line, the best sports book ever written. Get it from sportsthebook.com or go to the hub of warroomsports.com and get it there. But it's time to talk about what happened while you were on the grind. And the first story 
and shout out to Tobias, uh, you know, talking about this a little bit earlier, but the Washington professional football team is what the Washington professional football team will be calling itself in this upcoming season. If anyone has listened to us for a while, this is kind of what we've been calling them literally for years at this point. But, you know, same same colors. Yeah. Uh, but just call, just taking the, the Redskins term out and just calling themselves Washington football team. Yeah, we should have um, we should have definitely trademarked a few of, of those names. We should have got our lady antebellum on and, and stole that. Yeah. So Daniel Snyder would have to pay us to, to use something as simple as Washington football team. Because, like Jimmy said, for the past six or seven years, we've either called them the Washington football team or the Washington professional football team or some, you know, variation or, or something close to both of those. Um, like Tobias said, it's like changing your name to something totally new and rebranding yourself and your uniforms and stuff is not an easy thing. Um, I don't hold any sympathy for Daniel Snyder, though, because he should have done this years ago. It shouldn't have to come with vice grip-like pressure from what's going on in this particular time for him to do that because it, because right now it still doesn't have anything to do with the disrespect of Native Americans because they've been protesting this for years. Right now, like you have to bend to the pressure because everybody's pandering to anything that has anything to do with racism. And they're, you know, everybody's doing stuff that really has no bearing on progress in the long run, but people are trying to slide back over that yellow line to the right side of history right now. So I guess he's, you know, he, he, he no longer has that stance. It's never going to change. Shut up. Leave me alone about it. Cause that was basically his stance for the past decade or so. Um, they're going to yep. go with the same colors this year, but instead of having the logo that they've always had on their helmet, they're just going to go with numbers uh, the players' numbers on the helmet. So I guess they're going to look like the burgundy and gold Washington, Alabama crimson tide um, with the with the, the numbers on the side of their helmets. Um, is is this going to do anything? I mean, because it's going to transition from this gym into whatever their new name is going to be once they pay that hobbyist ball for one of them trademarks. Um, for me, I kind of think there's like karma following them around. I mean, they were once a great franchise and they were once a great franchise under this name but as the pressure pressure kind of ratcheted up it wasn't just that they had the name it was so it was just it was also how dismissive the team's owner was about changing it when that subject would would show its head pretty much every year like he was very rude to people about this whole prospect so the fact that they're doing it now, even though they're doing it for pressure, if you believe in karma or, you know, or we play this hypothetical game, do you think that changing it now will lift this karma or or do you think no. because it came from so the, much pressure that it's not going to mean anything? I think the karma is going to follow him. It really, I don't, I don't think the karma has anything to do with the team. I mean, they pretty much put so he picking bad it. players. Yeah, I think I think the karma follows him because – He's just – he hasn't – I don't know the guy personally, but he hasn't come across as a likable figure. And according to all, you know, all the different reports we see that, you know, he, he was a disgusting figure. I don't know if any of that stuff is true that they said about him, but he's never really been a likable figure, and I think the karma follows him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's one thing to disagree, but you don't have to be an asshole. Right. 
And then, and then, you know, it could possibly, if there is a such thing as, as karma, it could possibly be lifted soon because with the reports that did come out and the reputation that he already has, they're about to try to Donald Sterling this dude anyway. So he's not only been forced to change the name, at some point he might end up being forced to sell this team. That, in my opinion, you know, having lived here in the Washington, D.C. area for the past 20 years or so, that, in my opinion, is going to be the best thing that's ever happened to this fan base. Because, like I said, they they once were a great, proud fan base and franchise, and dude has come in and just totally put them in the basement overall. You know, there's been a few playoff appearances here. Um, there's always excitement because these fans here are some of the most optimistic fans that I've ever seen in my life. So there's always some excitement until there's not. <laughs> and that, that recurrent cycle probably happens pretty much every year. But I think when Dude goes, it's going to be like a renewed energy around here. Um, as, a, as, you know, taking off my, my work hat, my war room sports hat, and putting on my fan hat, you know, it's going to be a bad day for me as a fan of a rival team, but I'm with you. I think I think all the bad luck, all the, the dark clouds, I think it follows dude. So once they Donald Sterling him up out of the league, I think the, the Washington football team, whoever they're going to be after this year, are, are they might end up rising up again. I'm going to be upset. But I mean, yeah, it's possible. Everything's cyclical, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's probably because you're in the environment, but, you know, football franchises that have fan bases, like, say, the Steelers, the Eagles, yeah. the Redskins, I mean, all the Cowboys, the Raiders, they they're all the same every year. They're all the same. Yo, you can literally know you have the worst team going in the league, but if you're if you're a Steelers <laughs> fan, you're always going to be the same as the Redskins fan and the same as the Eagles fan. Yeah, like, it's certain franchises that the, 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 the fan bases are just what they are because they're huge football fans. So, you know, so at the end of the at, day. At the same um, time, though, Jim, you know, being from Philly, living in Philly, you kind of still know, though, that the, that Eagles fans kind of know the deal. Like, we may seem optimistic, but in the back of our minds, the stuff that we're not trying to show every day, you know, Philly fans in general, not just Eagles fans. Philly fans in general are some of the most pessimistic fans out there because the hearts have been broken so many times. So mm-hmm. they're definitely going to act like eggplant heads before the season starts. But in the back of their mind, a lot of times they know that that disappointment is coming. They just, <laughs> they just don't want to show that. Yeah. But we know what it is. But, but I think it's the same thing. Like, I think it's the, it, it's like you have delusional fans in, in all those fan bases, but it's just certain markets where it, it literally just hits different. So. Yeah. I, you know, and, and I understand how the Redskins fans are because I know a ton of Redskins fans. Because and the funny thing is, those so you got some in your family. Speak, <laughs> absolutely, I got a bunch of my family. So the, the, those fan bases that I speak of um, are so are, are so crazy that there are a lot of them in Philly. There's a lot of Cowboys fans, a lot of Redskins fans. Like like, so I know how delusional and crazy they can be. But the, even Steelers, like, it's certain franchises that are just different. Like. You're not gonna find a Cardinals fan that's that's like, yo, we about to win this whole thing. But you'll find a Redskins, <laughs> Steelers, Cowboys fan. It doesn't even matter. Yo, the previous season doesn't matter. You can come off a four and twelve record, and they're gonna tell you why 
they're going to make a run for the bowl. It's just certain franchises. I mean, you know, it's probably, funny that you say that though, Jim, because the Cardinals could have like a run, you know, like they've not, not recently, recently, but like they've had like some point in the last decade where they're obviously one of the better teams in the league, but nobody's taking that from a Cardinal fan. Like you could be yeah. a Cowboys team, a Cowboys fan that comes off of a four and 12 season and you really do have more rights to act like your team's going to win the Super Bowl next year than Cardinals fans, even if they're good. And, and I guarantee, well, I shouldn't say I guarantee you because I don't know this, but as we look at the valuation of NFL franchises, I'm pretty sure the teams that we know that have these crazy fan bases are probably the teams that have the highest worth. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. they're crazy-ass fans, you know, make sure they're good. Yeah, they spend <laughs> That's that what I'm about. But I've always told people with, with, with the whole Daniel Snyder thing here, I'm like, look, y'all are so loyal but y'all are loyal to a fault. Be loyal from your couch. You know what I mean? Like, don't spend that money on these Don't spend money on these jerseys. Don't spend money on these jerseys. What it really boils like, down to? They're football fans, so they're not going. They're not going to do that. They're not going. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do that. They're going to spend that bread. It's crazy. I mean, because I've, I've done it. I've, I've done it with my team. Like, with my teams. Like with the remember, I used to say on here when the seventy sixers were going through the whole process and all that. Okay, I understand what you're doing, but don't expect me to support you financially during that whole thing. Any game I went to during the process, I got free tickets. Meanwhile, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And meanwhile, my, my, I wasn't buying no jerseys. I mean, during the process, there weren't any jerseys to buy, but I still made it a point. I'm not buying any Sixers merchandise, anything like that. Like so, you know, until you start trying. You know, I'm not going to help you thrive. So I think the the fan base could have sent a message to Daniel Snyder a long time ago, but he was charging some of the the, the highest prices in the league for tickets, parking, concessions, and all of that kind of stuff. And the fans were still packing the house, still making this man money. So what incentive yeah. do I have to put a better product on the field if I'm putting trash out here and I'm getting I'm printing money? F y'all. I mean, that, that, that's the way the game works, though, dog, because it's because it's people are rabbits for yo. Don't the process my dumbass had season tickets, but even beyond that, <laughs> yo. And speaking of that, they they pooped me anyway because I had season tickets the night they drafted Ben Simmons, yo. Boy, stop returning my calls. I stopped. I stopped my season tickets. And he used to call me every day trying to get me to get him back. The night they drafted Ben, boy, call me back. So I called him back like a sot, like yo, what well, you ain't hit me? He's like, oh, your ticket's going, dog. But um, yeah. anyway, um, did we have the same route? Because remember, I had a partial plan one year, and then dude would call me every year to see if I if if I wanted to do something else. I mean, he would call me even to ask me, well, if you want any single game tickets, you know, just just hit me up. And just like you, like once once the Sixers started getting some real talent on the team, it's like they they, they don't mess with us no more because they yeah, go to that to that list. <laughs> Yeah, I felt I felt I felt like a, a chick in the movies, like you know when the mirror dude always like him and they disrespect him, and then the mirror dude come up and they catch the vapors. But anyway, mm-hmm. man, um, shout out to Luke Plakia. But yo, with that being said, is, you, look at the Knicks. The Knicks sell out every game, and the Knicks stink. Mm-hmm. So I mean, when you got when you got a, when you own a franchise in one of these markets that has historical like great fan bases, it's a license to print money. Because it doesn't matter how competitive you are, yo. It don't even have to be historical these days, though. You already gave the example. We we talked about Donald Sterling. 
The Clippers are one of the that most team. trash franchises in sports history. We talk about the Clippers being good in the past five or six years. Good for the Clippers is just playoffs. The Clippers still have never been to a Western Conference final in the history of the franchise. He just sold his team by force for two billion. We we just forced two billion dollars into this man's pocket. We forced it. Yo. <laughs> because he said it was big magic. <laughs> Yo, it was, like, it's crazy is though like it's it's literally a, it's like literally a license to print money. It's almost like having um somebody in an abusive relationship. But I mean, that's the power that's the power of sports, man. Like so many people have bought into the power of sports is why people who don't even need these franchises want them so much. Like, you know, most of these guys, this isn't even their main business. They have billions of dollars anyway. But this is a license to print money and also have influence because if you own an organization, you have influence within that area. So um, because as 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 a culture, as a society, we put so much value in the sports. It's bread and circuses, man. That's what it is. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame that Bull going to lose his franchise because he's been an idiot, but whoever buys it will then have that influence. Shout out to Jeff Bezos. Whoever doesn't even need it. <laughs> yeah, well, he's going to buy a sports franchise with pocket money at some point. He don't even need it. Anyway, man, <laughs> speaking of football, your man Antonio Brown, man, he came out and said he was retiring, which Again? I don't know anybody that was shocked by that news. I thought he already was. You keeping count? Um. Ever since his, ever since being let go by the Raiders, how many times is this? How, how many times have he said I'm retired? Probably. Yeah, then, then next day he said he wasn't retired. It's a quarter since then. <laughs> yeah, my man said he's not retired. Yeah, when so, he came out the next day saying I, I want the NFL to end this investigation already so I can play, it's like yesterday you just told everybody that you were retiring. Um, yeah, like I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when, when I say, probably since, since you know he got with the Patriots, and that only lasted a, a week or two. I don't think I'm exaggerating to say that he probably announced somehow, some way that he was retiring at least six times since then, and then every other day he changes his mind. Like now, I don't want to. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to downplay mental health or anything like that because people think that that plays a big part in what he's doing, um, and how he's behaved over the past year. Um, same kind of thing, like like Kanye West, but with, with Kanye, there's always a catch to it. Like when Kanye starts acting like he's off his meds, there's always an album coming a week or two yep. later. So, you know, same thing with this whole presidential run thing. People were talking about, oh, he's doing this to, to split the vote for Trump. And then he finally has his first campaign rally after saying he wasn't going to run for president. After all, he has his first quote-unquote campaign rally. And then what, what what's announced the day after? He got an album coming out on Friday. <laughs> so I was like, do we, are we, do we give him excuses with this mental health thing? Because it kind of seems like it's a pattern, and he knows what he's doing, and it works. So I think I think it might be partially true, and it might be like I think everything could be true because you know he probably gets off his meds just to be creative to create the album, and while he's off of it, he probably loses it for a little bit. You know, See, saying, like, for me, though, with with Antonio Brown, I think it's 
definitely the opposite because when he has these things that look like they could be mental health episodes, there's really nothing to gain for him. Like a lot of the stuff that he's doing when he was out on camera calling his baby mother all kind of names and the police came, like he was already suspended at that point. So that's not helping your case. So, you know, there's no album at the end of the rainbow for him in, in these cases, a proverbial album. But you know what, though? These dudes, man, they love attention, man. And the thing about Antonio Brown is nobody's thinking about him at all. No one right. cares about him. So, like, this, at this point, you went from being the number one receiver in the entire game of football to the no world, one even crazy. caring that you exist that fast. Like, you, you, you were made an example out of because you thought that you were bigger than the game and you got humbled. The game is bigger than you. No one which, missed you last which, year, dog. Which, Jim, which also goes back to what we've been telling people on these airways for 10 years, you know, that wide receivers are just not that important. You can be a bad man at the position, and Antonio Brown ain't nothing but a bad man. But, come on, Antonio Brown's been gone, like Jimmy just said. Like, nobody missed him. Like, we talk about well, Julio. Just, Julio leaves. Until he announced that he was retired, I had forgot that he existed. I'm, in my brain, I moved on. Like we were just arguing about where T- Tariq Hill, like because you know somebody said he was the best receiver in the league. Somebody else said he was fourth, and we were in our group chat arguing. But I'm like, I don't even know if he's the fourth best. Like we're talking about Julio, we're talking about like you know um, where where Hodel like fits in. I forgot that Antonio existed just that fast because out of sight, right. out of mind, and. You know, because this happens. So I think a lot of times it's it's the, it's the missing the attention, man. Like I could I could only imagine though being, you know, you got millions of people rooting for you, and you know, again we just talked about Steelers fans. We got he has Steelers Nation in the palm of his hand now. They hate him. Nobody cares about him. He has no fan base rooting for him. People think that he's crazy. So I, I can only imagine that that's like a drug. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. He just wants attention, man. But you know. Shout out to him because we gave him attention. We just gave him some bars. So, you know. Um, and shout out to anyway, Tariq Hill. Not really being able to last beat story that old happened. ass T.O. in a last race. Story that, yeah, how about that? Last People story talk that about, you well, I'm sorry, I know we, we got to go, but did, if anybody out there saw this race, because a lot of people are bringing up the fact, like, well, it looked like he gave T.O. a 10-yard head start. Okay, but you can also look the whole race and realize that he didn't make up any ground on that 10 yards. So if he didn't give him the 10 yard head start, these dudes probably would have finished neck and neck. And we all think Tariq Hill is so fast. Yeah. I give T.O. his props, man. He old as, he old as hell. And doing this. Yeah, kind of stuff. I mean, what else happened? I just want to give him the never was the best receiver. And I make the argument mm-hmm. that he shouldn't, he's not even top two. Like some people think he's like one of the top three. I, I say that maybe top five, but, the thing is, he's probably number one in terms of athlete at being an athlete. Um, yeah. Out of all those guys that I think are working hardest. Yeah. So anyway, with all that being said, man, um, Jermaine O'Neal and Tracy McGrady, two NBA greats, are forming their own sports agency. Do you think so, they'll have success? Uh, uh, it's one of those things. You know, you've been a player for so long, you kind of know the inner workings. You probably know what players like you know, and how they like to be treated, you know, what they want their agents to do for them. So I can see it um, pretty much working, you know, because a lot of players get into that, but it's usually, you know, less popular type players. Um, Yeah. B.J. Armstrong's into that. He's an agent. I I think it could work. 
I think it could work. They should go hire. They should go hire the young boy that was on that documentary we watched. Right, right, definitely, definitely get him in the mix. Um, th- my question would, my only question would be, like, are these dudes trying to get licensed and actually be agents, or are they just gonna put up that dough, start the start the whole thing, and just cultivate the? Business? I don't think their whole game plan came out yet. They just announced that they're gonna have an agency, so I don't right. know if they like release their entire the entire outline of what they're going to do, but, you know, we shall see, man. It's going to be very competitive, man. T-Mac is one of those dudes. He'll end up turning potential clients off because, you know, he's still going to be trying to be competitive with him. Well, when I was playing, and yeah. I did this, and then he seems like that type of dude. So Yeah, he is. He, is. he might just, he just he be is, a money well, well, I wish them luck, man. I wish, the, I wish those brothers luck, man. I hope they do something, man. But, uh, yeah. Mikey Williams, man, and you know that we we uh, are fans of Mikey Williams here in the war room. Hashtag. We always talk about protect Mikey Williams. That's right. So Williams. <laughs> he narrowed down the school list to ten, ten schools, my man. And my man's in um, fifth grade announcing that he got ten schools. Yo, so I think this is so hilarious, man. Like I, I know Mikey's a big deal right now, but yo, he's a freshman, like. Why are you narrowing down your schools to anything when you still have three more years to play? Like, are we about to start going to college straight from tenth grade or something? And and yeah, we're we're big fans of Mikey, man. Let me let me tell you the schools first of all, um, because there's ten of them, and I guess so far, you know, honest to his word. Half of the 10 are HBCUs. So the 10 schools that remain on 12-year-old Mikey Williams' list, Alabama State, Arizona State, his mom's uh, alma mater, Hampton University, Kansas, Memphis, North Carolina Central, San Diego State, Tennessee State, Texas Southern, and USC. I guess San Diego State definitely had to get a look because he's from San Diego. So you got to get one of the home schools in there. But of those 10 schools that I named, if, if you guys out there don't know which ones are HBCUs, two of his schools are from the SWAC, which are Alabama State and Texas Southern. Um, then he has North Carolina Central from the MEAC. Uh, Hampton, his mom's alma mater that used to be a part of the MEAC, but is now a part of the Big South. And Tennessee State of the OVC. Um so, like we said, he's he's considered one of the top three players in the class of 2023. Most think he's number one, but I don't like Mikey. Like young boy, don't stress yourself over this. I mean, he's probably not stressing, but this ain't necessary. You're a freshman. You ain't got you know the what? narrative. It's funny you know what I mean? I think he just wanted people to know he wanted to put these HBCUs there, and after all the talk recently. You don't want to have to wait until two years from now to start narrowing it down and giving these schools attention. So on that front, salute to you. But <laughs> he, he, maybe he, he is putting this whole fight on his back. But I also um, think that sometimes, man, this day and age, like we always, um, even a couple times on the show, we we be laughing at some of the stuff that these athletes come out with. But you know, at the same at the same token, someone's always putting a microphone in front of their face and trying to make make things news stories. He probably just said this. And <laughs> the way the media works is, we always gotta like dissect and talk about everything, especially now when there's nothing else going on. So, yeah. you know, we gotta always I mean, keep that in mind that it, 
definitely tweeted it out. Someone wrote a whole story about it. No, he he tweeted it though. He said, "I appreciate." His tweet said, "I appreciate every college that has recruited me up until this point, but here's my top ten. Let's rock." And he got a picture of himself walking with the logos of all ten of these schools. Yeah, no, I get that, but I'm just saying, like that's 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 a that's a ninth grader putting a tweet out. That's not really a news story, like. <laughs> but I saw, yo, after he did that, there's 56 think pieces written about it on the internet. <laughs> about a freshman. Yo, and I yeah, think. and that's what I'm saying. But I think it's also a lack. Because think about this, though. Like, the people who were even seniors in the last five years, when they narrowed it down to 10 schools, we didn't know what it was because everything else was going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's COVID is having an effect on everything. Listen to this, right? We... We've given him props, and I think, like I said, even if he takes the if it, if it if the option is available again and he takes it straight to the NBA route, um, I think he still should get props because I think within this three years, his influence is going to get some kids to to make this move. You know, he and and, and 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 the homie McCore Maker, who's already done it, but I think Mikey's influence. Is going to get some kids to do this. Let me give you a hypothetical, though. What if he does all of this, and he's doing it three years early, and then he talks this up for another two or three years, and then he picks Kansas? <laughs> like, yeah, that'd be nasty. You, you still have to have the perspective, especially if some people went before him, and he was loud about it. You still have to have a, a perspective of, well, damn, his mouthpiece did help the situation. But then how would the feelings be mixed if he does all of this and there's no straight to the NBA pipeline and he chooses Kansas or, or USC or Memphis? That'd be nasty. That'd be straight disgusting. You want to get canceled? That'll be deplorable. <laughs> they going to cancel Mikey. <laughs> Hashtag cancel Mikey. <laughs> Yo, that would be deplorable. That would be disgusting, nasty. Yeah. Like, fill it in with any word you want to, just nasty. Right. What would have made, I guess, this story, since, you know, it's a story in the first place, like you said, it's kind of ridiculous. If all 10 of these schools are HBCUs, then Mikey would be essentially admitting that I'm going to an HBCU no matter what. Yeah. But you got to keep some suspense out there. Shout out to Mikey, man. Right now, hashtag protect Mikey Williams. Hopefully this hashtag never has to change to hashtag cancel Mikey Williams because that's, that's my young 12-year-old out here making big big moves and big decisions right now. <laughs> young 12-year-old out here doing his thing, man. Salute to you and all the 12-year-olds all right. out there. No doubt. So before we leave, of course, we're going to leave you with this date in sports history, which is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website, website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And yes, financing options are available. So if you're stuck in these times of COVID, um, I, I hope you're still working. I hope you're still getting income. But if you've been thinking about starting your own business or if you already have your own business and, you know, these times are showing you that there's nothing stable going on out here, and at any given moment, things could be snatched away from you, and you have an idea that's COVID-proof or whatever the future may hold for us, look, you need something 
to show that off. And you, and you can't do that with little cheap websites that you made by yourself on WordPress or, or something like that. Hit up our people at Digital Exchange Technologies at 267-205-4203 or digitalextremetech.com. Make sure you tell them that the homies at War Room Sports sent you. They will work something out for you and give you a beautiful website to get you on your way um, in your journey through entrepreneurship, whether you're already there or you're just starting. So hit them up. Make sure you do that. July 23rd, the year was 2000. Young man by the name of Tiger Woods beat Thomas Bjorn and Ernie Els by eight shots to win his first British Open, making him the youngest player at 24 years of age to win all four major titles. Jimmy, Tiger Woods has, has come up in this segment of our show several times. And I don't know if you've noticed, like every time we talk about him and one of his early historical feats, you know, he always used to be beating the living trash out of people, like eight shots. Like Tiger used to go on runs back then where these, you know, these matches weren't even close. (laughs) He was living a life. He was getting all the creatures he could handle. He was out there performing at the highest level, um, athlete as a golfer, and he's a young phenom. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that in our lifetime. Right, because right now, like, all we're doing is championship count and, and you know, major title counts and all of that kind of stuff. You know, we, we it, it, it's crazy how bad he used to beat people. Um, we about to get out of here. We got a call on the line. My man, Rob, you always call at the last minute. I noticed it this time. We have to keep this quick. Um, oh, never mind. He he hung up. I was just about to get to him, but he, he hung up. So, all right. Try oh, well. back next week, Rob. All right, man. Call back a little bit earlier because, you know, since there's not a lot of sports yeah. going on, we haven't been we going the whole two hours. So, you can't wait till the end. That's what um, you said. Of the show to, to to give us a call, so we're gonna get up definitely out of here now. Two hours. <laughs> <laughs> definitely ain't giving out two hours, dog. Y'all think I'm a teenager, dog? Two Yo, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, everybody on all the social sites. Um, salute to the couple people that got through. Uh, for those we couldn't get to, such as Rob, we apologize, man. But you know, we got to move on. Tune in next week live right here. All on early in next week. The world of sports. So until then, enjoy your weekend and start next week. Stay safe. Try to do something to make history, and we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch all of our conversations, everything we do, all of our social media, all of our content, everything that we got. You can find the hub of WarRimSports.com. Pick up my book, Sports to Book, at SportsToBook.com, but it's also on the hub of WarRimSports.com. As we always say, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top.
sensitive, then oh well. Physical podcast, a tough push. Showtime like magic in the block push. Looking alive, push one to join in. Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment. Hip-hop dollars, tip-stop knowledge Should be in sports credits, I ain't talking college Five guys, no beef though Sports thrift, beef thrift, but the streets know Bellafani, I got a G-flow KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode Two hours, get your game up Who's the best in sports cast, you better name us What real sports www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.